Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus episode 47 and today I'll be giving you my review for Pixar's Coco. Ladies and gentlemen, all the north, south, east, and west, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I am your host, the Hypersonic 55, and I'm glad that you decided to join me once again for some film-related discussion. And happy 2018! I know it's like what two weeks into January now, but this is technically the first new episode of 2018. So yeah, we're in a new year, new films to look forward to. I'm hyped as heck. For a good number of those films, especially in the next two months, once we get through January, like, you know, February kicks a lot of good stuff off, you know, with Black Panther and then, you know, Isle of Dogs and Annihilation, and then we get to Avengers, and then, you know, we'll see what's going on with that solo film in May, like, poof, man, 2018 is going to be a session, if all the films are good, and if they're not, then my goodness, we're going to have a lot of things to talk about on this podcast, but anyway, we're not looking ahead to the future, we're in the here and now. And I am doing my review for Coco today because, yeah, for you, those of you that don't know me, I love me some Pixar. While not all their films are like, you know, was it 100% perfection, when they get it right, they get it right. And I'd heard so many good things about Coco when it was released, I think, on, you know, I think Lakeside in November in America last year. And imagine my surprise and disgust when this film was pushed back over here to, I think, was it the late side of January? I was pissed. Um, but luckily, the film actually had, like, uh, I think it's like a two-week earlier, like, preview over the course of, like, the weekend just gone on, like, I think it was the 13th and 14th of January. So I just happened to catch it on its last screening on Sunday, the 14th, and yeah, now I finally get to talk about it. Now, um, before I get into the review, I need to bring up just one minor thing. There's been a lot of talk about Coco ripping off this film called The Book of Life, which I think was released back in 2013. And yes, you could make an argument that this film, like, uh, you know, came out afterwards and there's a good number of comparisons and like similarities and stuff like that. But here's the thing, in this review I will not be mentioning any comparisons because I have not seen The Book of Life. As interesting and as colourful as it was, I don't have a major interest in a lot of like, you know, 3D CGI films unless they're coming from very specific, you know, people. Like Pixar and Disney is almost a given depending on the subject matter. DreamWorks, when it's a good film, I'm interested. And that's about it. Sony Animation are like very questionable and Illumination are very questionable as well. And uh, just don't trust anybody else outside of that unless it's, you know, a very specifically made kind of film. But anyway, The Book of Life, I've been meaning to get around to it. I've heard it's good. Um, it just never really captured my interest at the time. But since this was a Pixar film with Coco, I just decided, you know, screw it, I'll give it a chance. And, you know, I will admit, before, you know, maybe November last year, I wasn't overly hyped for Coco. I heard the concept beforehand and I was like, oh, this just sounds like the book of life, except slightly different. Nah. 
Then I saw the trailers and I'm like, looks nice, but still, meh. But then when I went to see Michael Giacchino live at the Royal Albert Hall last November and they played a snippet of the music from that film score, whoo, changed my perspective. I did a whole 180. Man, that music was enchanting, exciting, so much fun and had this really interesting sort of Mexican vibe like you know incorporated into the orchestrated sound it was delicious so I was like yo this is the music that's gonna be in Coco now I'm in so yeah Michael Giacchino's music was the thing that turned me around in the film so anyway I've waffled on about this for you know more than enough time let's talk about the review so as per usual with these reviews I talk about the story characters presentation and then the you know, overall conclusion. And this will be primarily spoiler free. I may dip in, but if there is anything, I'll be sure to time code it. So without any further ado, let's get into this thing. Alright, so let's start off with that story. The premise for this film can be described as the following. Aspiring musician Miguel, confronted by his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to find his great-great-grandfather a legendary singer. And that is the premise of the film without going into the area of spoilers. I thought this film was wonderful. It was full of charm, humor, drama, and emotion, excitement, and adventure, and life lessons, and all that good stuff that you've come to expect from a Pixar film. However, the way it goes about presenting these elements is quite unique and captivating. Now, much like the recent Marvel Cinematic Universe, Pixar developed a recognizable style over the years when it comes to their story structure, character development, humor, and emotional moments. So, if you've seen a Pixar film before, or any sort of animated film in your, you know, past, then you'll recognize the story beat straight away and be able to predict how the narrative flows and progresses. So, yeah, in a lot of ways, Coco, as unique and as wonderful as it is, there were several elements that I was able to like, you know, see coming as the film was going on. And in that effect, it just felt like for all the creativity, there was just a very familiar kind of story at the center of everything. That being said, for all the familiar elements that come with the story, there are some really powerful, strong and just solid material throughout the film that make it worth watching for, you know, audiences of all ages. I love how this film presents the Mexican culture and while I've never been to Mexico, I don't really know that much about it myself, I don't really know any Mexican people either, the way in which it's presented feels authentic to the culture and made me, you know, made me invested and it makes me want to go out and learn more about it myself. And I love the way this film handles its themes when it comes to family, death and remembering those who have passed on. I like those elements very, very much. This film really emphasizes family as like, you know, a very important factor. How you should care for those who are still with you and remember those who have passed on. And the whole concept of remembering those who have passed on. And the way in which that plays a massive factor in the land of the dead and those who are, you know, living in that area is just fascinating. The wonderful and interesting thing about Pixar is they just find a way to make creative decisions on things that exist in real life and do it in such a way where it feels realistic and tangible even though you know that it's a uh, work of fiction. 
But I think the core elements for me that really got me were the dramatic and emotional moments. Now, if you've seen pretty much most of Pixar's filmography over the years, you know that Pixar are no strangers to tugging at your emotional heartstrings. They know how to do drama and emotion well. If you've seen any of the Toy Story 3, specifically Toy Story 2 and 3, if you saw Up a few years ago, or even Finding Dory from last year, or of course Up when, you know, obviously we talk about those first 10 minutes as some of the saddest material you'll ever see in any film in the history of life. These guys know how to make you feel sad, make you feel drama, make you feel emotion, but also make you feel like, you know, heartwarming moments of joy and happiness and... These guys know how to, you know, just cover the emotional spectrum. And this film is no different. There were several key points over the course of the film where I was just like, okay, you you get me, film, you get me. So you get me emotionally invested, especially from the beginning elements of the film with Miguel and his family and some of the uh, trials and tribulations that he faces at that point. But then when you get to the land of the dead and some of those plot elements become apparent. There's certain reveals and plot twists where I'm just like, bloody hell, that got dark, didn't it? That got really dramatic, or sad, or really emotionally happy. There are just those moments. I can count at least three moments in the film where I went from being just surprised to completely shocked to being so filled with joy I couldn't stand it. I didn't cry, but I was getting pretty close towards the end of the film and if you see the film you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's one specific moment though where it covers an element of death in a way that I don't think has been done in a Pixar film before. Now if you've seen you know certain types of films this plot reveal and the way in which death is handled within that reveal is not surprising considering like uh, the two characters involved. And if you know some of the history of like show business, it makes sense. That's as far as I'll say. But the way in which it was handled, I'm like, I'm surprised this isn't a Pixar film. This is very surprising. But I'm like, I love it. It's great. So, um, yeah, when, when you see that moment, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. But the way that death was handled, I'm like, damn, Pixar went there and I bloody love it. But yeah, other than that, the film just has a good feeling just really, really good themes a good sense of fun i wouldn't call the film like you know was it super funny there were some moments of like you know was it a uh, humor here and there but nothing that ever made me like you know chuckle ha 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 you know super hardcore or anything like that but yeah the film is just good from start to finish and progressively gets better if you're not like you know overly captivated from the introduction which is surprising because that intro story is pretty good um, by the end of it, you have to be like, you know, swept up in the emotions and exploring this journey with Miguel and like uh, some of these other characters he comes across. It's, it's good stuff. When it comes to the characters, they were all really good and the vocal performances from everybody involved was, you know, just solid material. But since there's a good number of characters, I'll only focus on the ones that, you know, were memorable to me. Firstly, we're going to start off with Miguel, who was played by Anthony Gonzalez, and he was really good. As a main character, you could understand his mindset and aspirations. He's just a little kid that wants to play music, but because of the ban of music from his family, you know, he becomes a little rebellious. And even though he cares for his family, he just doesn't want to be involved with the family business. He just wants to go off and do his own thing. And if you've ever been a kid, you can understand 
you know, the way in which he thinks because there's sometimes when your family forces you into things that you don't want to do and you just want to go off and do your own thing, especially when that thing isn't to, you know, your parents' wishes. But, you know, Miguel, he's, you know, he's a bit of a brat, but at the same time, you can understand where he's coming from. So when he goes on this magical, crazy adventure, it's interesting and captivating and to see how he progresses as a person and see how he learns about, like, you know, the history of his family, the importance of family in general, what to do and what not to do, and see him grow as a person and, you know, develop his skills as a musician as well. It's just really fun. He's a really nice little boy. Um, again, at first he can come across as, you know, I guess a little unlikable and just a bit plain, but as he goes on, it's like, I see why I like this kid. He's good. And, uh, yeah, Gonzalez brought a lot of charm and, uh, niceness to his character. Next up you have Hector Riviera who's played by, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher some of these names, so uh, forgive me, Gael Garcia Bernal. Hector was, you know, essentially, Hector was the partner in crime with Miguel through his journey in the land of the dead, and he was just so wonderful and charming, and he's, you know, a bit of a trickster, but at the same time, He's just so nice and charismatic that when you're around him, you just can't help but like the guy. And to learn about his backstory, how he comes into play, and then see how him and Miguel work together to, you know, accomplish each other's dreams was really good. He might be arguably better of a character. He's arguably more of an interesting character than Miguel is. But those two bounce off of each other really well and have some really good chemistry throughout the film. And then you have Ernesto De La Cruz, the wonderful, notable singer who everyone loves, who has a very popularized history. Everybody knows and loves this guy, and he's played by Benjamin Bratt, and I love the guy. He is just larger than life, has a very notable physique, great singing voice, and is just this almost incredible force of nature that you can't help but love. And in my opinion, he's one of the most memorable characters I've seen in a Pixar film for a while now because of his story, his personality, and how he fits into Miguel's story. And yeah, Benjamin Bratty just did a good job in the role. Mama Emilda Riviera is the next person I want to talk about, and she was played by Alana Albach, or Albach. I'm not sure about that last name. But yeah, she was a fiery and passionate woman, and I liked her backstory and how she had, you know, interesting interactions with Miguel and some of the other characters in the film. Albueta Elena Riviera, played by Renee Victor, she was also very good. She was Miguel's, like, you know, very kind and caring grandmother one minute, but then she was, like, you know, totally aggressive and sassy the next. She was one of the most animated, and I mean that in a literal sense. Like, you know, one of the most animated characters in the entire film. Very charismatic and energetic. She had a lot of body movements and stuff like that. So when she was angry or caring, you could really see that throughout her body movements and stuff like that. She was a very, like, you know, was it a expressive person. <laughs> also, Edward James Olmos did a good job as Chicharon and Anna Ophelia Muguera was also quite good as Mama... Coco Riviera as well. Alright, now it's time to talk about that presentation. And 
both from a visual and audio standpoint, the film is great. Visually, the film is wonderful. There is a very vivid color palette with very striking colors. You know, it's got almost a neon colored kind of like, you know, color palette where all the colors are very bright, shiny, and in your face. And you can see them from the furthest distances right up to the closest stuff. The colors are very intense, but they're intense in a great way. They highlight so many of the wonderful characters and locations throughout the film. And I like the creative designs when it comes to the skeleton characters, because each of them all have very different sizes and shapes and detail in terms of like, I guess, you know, bone structure and even the color of the bones. You can see the difference between like, you know, the fresher, skeletons and the older looking skeletons and I like how they all have different costumes and even though these characters don't have skin the character designers have done such a good job of creating the illusion of shapes for these characters so that you could just about imagine what these people would look like if they still had like you know flesh on their bodies there's also a nice balance between the realism and cartoonish aspects when it comes to the character design as well one of the things I've always loved about Pixar, especially after their CGI started getting really good, is the way in which they were able to, you know, create characters that, you know, look like they belonged in a cartoon, but were able to incorporate more realistic elements when it came to hair, skin textures, you know, clothing and stuff like that, and this film is no different. It seems to have just the right blend where characters, when you get, like, proper close-ups in their hair or, like, you know, see them in the rain, the level of detail is insane and I love it. There's an interesting scene between Miguel and his grandmother and you can just see the insane level of detail that goes into that and I'm like oh I love it Pixar you just just when I think I'm surprised by the level of detail that they're able to cram into these films it just gets that bit better with each new film and um, I also like the way the characters are animated as well all the characters are super charismatic and elastic they have a very almost Looney Tunes slash Tax Avery kind of look to them where during some of these more action heavy scenes or just you know more expressive character interaction scenes characters can move around very there's a lot of squash and stretch characters are very elastic and very expressive with their body movements um, but then it still retains the realism when necessary so it feels real but then still feels like a cartoon at the same time it's really good um, I also like the design of the land of the dead, just the level of detail that goes into that world in terms of different buildings, the way in which they've set up some of these different locations, interior and exterior, and the sense of scope to it as well is madness. And even when you see the land of the dead in the film, you feel like you've only, you know, scratched the surface, that there is so many layers to the place in terms of all the extra structures on the top or the bottom or some of these lower layered areas as well. It's really cool. And then there is the film score by my man, Michael Giacchino. It was great. It was just what I'd hoped for. The film score has a interesting you know sort of incorporation of you know mexican themes mixed in with this sort of orchestrated sound and it works really well it feels large and has a great sense of presence it's playful fun and delightful but also really intense and creepy and melancholy and the songs for the film are great i can't remember the name of the people who wrote the songs for the film but 
There are several of these interesting songs that show up in the film, whether they be in English or sort of a mixture between English and uh, Mexican, is really, really memorable stuff. And the song Remember Me, it comes in a few forms over the course of the film, but by the end of it you'll be in love with the song because the way in which it's used at first is really fun but then it has a you know more emotional meaning behind it and by the end of the film I'm just like I have to get this song probably get the rest of the soundtrack as well because it's just delightful really good stuff and so that leads us to the conclusion Coco overall I liked it I liked it a lot the film was everything I'd hoped for and then some it had heart, humor, adventure, surprises, and some really good themes in the story as well. And I'm not going to lie though, the film didn't rock my world, I'm not going to declare it the best film that Pixar has ever done, ever, ever. For me, my favorite Pixar films is still a toss up between Toy Story 3 and The Incredibles, though I would say probably still Toy Story 3 because it's the only Pixar film to ever make me shed tears three times at the same point every time. And that's pretty hard to do. Um, so yeah, I would say of all the recent Pixar films, it's probably been my favorite. I would say that it lacks a sort of creativity and, you know, sort of wow factor that it came with Inside Out. But as an overall story, I find this one a little bit more interesting and overall satisfying. And I'm probably going to go back and check it out again when it has its official release over here in the UK, I think towards the end of January. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Check out Coco. It's a lot of fun. It will leave you with a good feeling in your soul because I know that's what it did for me. So, now it's down to you guys. What do you think of Coco? Did you like it? Did you dislike it? Uh, how do you think it compares to the previous films in Pixar's repertoire? I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section below or holler at me on Twitter where I am at hypersonic 55 or at filmfocus55 or holler at me by email where I am thehypersonic555 at gmail.com Thank you for listening as always and be sure to go about and you know rate us on that iTunes I need some good reviews please sort me some 5 star ratings help grow the podcast and help me become more visible to all the wonderful people who have not yet checked out the podcast. Spread the word about Film Focus to your friends, to your peoples, anybody interested in film, anybody that you think would be interested to listen to my wonderful voice. <laughs> Alright, I think I'll do it for another episode. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, this is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace. Thank mm-hmm. you.